0: Welcome to the travel possibilities podcast I'm your host Callie O'Connor I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks scoring several remote jobs and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries the one thing that held me back from starting sooner is that I didn't believe it was possible for me I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In Season 1, we're talking all about career breaks. Let's get started. Hi guys, I'm super excited about the guest I have on today, Carmelita 2, or Kat, because she's actually in the midst of her career break. So we get a unique perspective from someone who's currently doing it and doesn't quite know what's next on the other side. So Carmelita too is is passionate about doing good in the world and raising her kids to become good adults. She's a podcaster, creative, lawyer, educator, spouse, and mom to two daughters. After receiving her art and law degree, she worked as an attorney at the Oprah Winfrey Show and the Oprah Winfrey Network for several years, then pivoted to the design and advertising world for almost a decade before hitting pause and taking a career break. She's based in Chicago, but right now she and her family are doing a loop around the United States for the 21-22 school year, which was a bucket list memory of hers. And shes they're hyper-focusing on the family pouring into passion projects. And so she's also the host of a podcast called Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them to help mindful growth-oriented moms of tween and teen girls stay informed and inspired. She's also road schooling her daughters and quite frankly, their journey is epic and we had a great conversation and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I am so excited to bring you another guest today for an interview episode. And so I'd like to introduce Carmelita too. She also goes by cat. So that's why I'll be calling her that. And so I'm going to hand it over to her to give a brief intro of herself before we dive into her career break story.
1: Thanks, Callie. I'm super excited to be here. Um, and I appreciate the invite to talk about this. Yeah. So I, uh, my family and I, we are 80 days. I think today is actually day 81 into our travel gap year or my career break. We are based in Chicago. And um, like before this trip, we really looked like a lot of other families, I guess, where I, you know, working parents, kids involved in activities, uh, driving them back and forth, uh, you know, volunteering for things like, you know, I'm someone that happens to enjoy um, being on different boards, so I was on a number of nonprofit boards. Um, and in terms of my own career and my trajectory, I went to art school initially. And when I graduated, I was kind of trying to figure out whether I had the had the stomach or desire to forge a career in the art world. When when I finished. College at the time, the the internet was. I'm kind of dating myself now, but the internet was um, still relatively new. Like people were just starting to put up personal websites, so it the my art making felt very insular, and I really missed feeling like I was making a difference in the world. So I I, I found this admin role just to kind of pay the bills while I was making my art on this as a as a side hustle. And eventually just kept getting promoted and ended up being assistant vice president after about four years, which, and it was a, (laughs) it was great experience, but it was in the insurance world. And I knew that wasn't my passion. So I did some soul searching and realized, you know, there's kind of an overlap in the law in entertainment, media, advertising law. There's an overlap between creativity and being of service. So I got my law degree and. For the past 15 plus years, I've been working in the legal industry. Most recently, uh, as senior legal counsel at an independent ad agency, design and ad agency called BSA Partners. And prior to that, I was an attorney working for the Oprah Winfrey Show. And then, when that ended, I did work for the Oprah Winfrey Network. So, it's uh, it's been a fun ride and super rewarding, especially as legal careers go. Uh, but that is where I left in order to take this career break. Uh, Yeah. I I know I I sort of spewed a lot out there, but yeah,
0: let's break some of it down. And so (laughs) like, I love this so much and it's so great to talk to you because you're actually in the midst of doing it. So it's a very fresh, unique perspective and that's so exciting. And your career is very fascinating as well. And So from what we discussed before, can you talk a little bit more about how you were feeling in your job before making this decision? So I know a lot of people kind of feel the burnout and maybe don't like their jobs, but that wasn't necessarily the case for you. Is that correct?
1: Right. You know, uh, I I think a lot of people experienced burnout due to the pandemic and working from home and just less than ideal or new work situations, but for, for me, a big factor in deciding to take this break was really my husband's bout with cancer. You know, he, uh, in the, in March before lockdown, like literally three days before we got noticed that we should be staying home and should only leave for essential needs. Um, he had a surgery uh, of cancer surgery that, that it took him a, little, a bit to recover from. And um, just was really stressful, I think, on all of us. So that the weight of that and and kind of thinking through what that means, you know how how I think anyone who goes through a tragedy or or some um, intense illness where you're you're trying to kind of predict as best you can how does this impact my quality of life and the goals that we have for ourselves and the timelines that we've given given those goals. So, so between that and, um, my uncle and aunt both passed in early 2021 and, um, and I just saw, I just saw certain things that, that kind of made me think like, um, my uncle, for instance, he had let his passport lapse. He was originally from the Philippines and had been living in the United States for a good stretch of time. And he. Um, his passport, I think he misplaced it actually. And, and so he hadn't been able to visit the Philippines and his family for a good stretch like years. And then I think just always kind of assuming that he'd be able to, when the time was right, when COVID ended, he was planning on going back and, and it, and unfortunately, like he suddenly became diagnosed or was diagnosed and, and, and quickly declined and passed away. So there were just these reminders that life and how, and the certainty of someday was not something that anyone can really bet on. And with this uh, information about, you know, my husband having fought cancer, it was actually his second bout of cancer when he had the big surgery that we, um, you know, it, it just gave us new information that made us wanna recalibrate and reassess what's important to us. And we realized we didn't wanna wait to create memories as a family we wanted to, or, or as a couple, I guess, you know, just wanted to make sure that certain things we, we've prioritized and, and that you know, the, the career continuity and certain you know, that, that stability could, could be put on hold for a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important. And sometimes it's unfortunate that these tragic events have to take place for us to really, remember that we're mortal beings and we have limited time but it's amazing that you've taken those lessons and really made the most out of them in order to actually go for it and fulfill the things that you want to fulfill in your lifetime.
1: You know it's so true that that uh, I've often thought about that like what a um, I, I, I suppose it's just us being human but it is a little bit sad, for lack of a better word, that it does take these big things to oftentimes to get us into that right mindset or, or a certain mindset. And, and there's a real challenge in retaining that frame of mind, uh, as you start to heal and things become normal because, you know, it, it, it seems less important as, you know, the, the, the normal life starts to creep back or it, it seems yeah, maybe you you the courage isn't there in the same way. But yeah, I just had to add that you're so right, that tragedy has an interesting way of spurring shifts in perspective, uh, but but taking that next step can be hard.
0: Absolutely. And like the thing is, we don't have to wait for these events to happen, but a lot of times it does take something like that to give us the push that we need in order to take action. So, I mean, I love sharing stories of this is it's a reminder we are here for a limited time and so we don't want to waste it and it's important to take those action steps and I'm so happy that you and your family have been able to take steps towards this career break and this dream so I would love to know a little bit more like did you know of anyone who's done something like this before what was going through your heads like when did you start talking about making this a reality and how much time passed between when the idea sort of came up and when you actually jumped on it and started the
1: trip? Sure. So it's kind of a funny story. I remember back in like 2002, 2003, I came across an article about I don't know if you watched any shows from the eighties, but there's, there was a show called the facts of life mm-hmm. and this, this, there's a character Blair, who's kind of the, the high, you know, high society girl that goes to this boarding school, but in, in real life, there was an article I read where she and her family were traveling in an RV across the country, uh, for. I think a book tour, and she was planning to take her kids with and go for, I don't know, eight months to a year. I can't remember the exact length of time, but I do remember thinking what a gift for that family to be able to experience all of those things together, all those different places, different experiences, um, and how much they must have grown, grown closer, grown as individuals because they, they got to do that or Yeah. So, uh, but I didn't have kids then I wasn't even married, you know, so I was just such an, it just struck me as a, a neat thing to do. And then as I had kids and I, my love of travel just, you know, never went away and, and grew. Um, I, I kind of thought like this would be amazing, but when any, and I start the logistics can be hard because there always seems to be something holding you back. Maybe it's, savings goals, or maybe it's your kids love what they're doing and you don't want to take them away from soccer or, um, yeah, career trajectories and you don't want to create a break. So, excuse me. I, um, that, that story in early 2000 planted the seed, my love of travel. I always knew I wanted to do to travel with my family and, and my kids. I just wasn't sure exactly how and what that might look like. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit and my, my husband's illness and recovery was in full swing, we were just living in a way that felt ever, I think everyone was, but where we were trying to figure out what comes next, like, what, what do I really want to prioritize going forward? And, you know, there was nothing to do. So we were saving a lot of money and I it just kind of occurred to both of us, like, why not, why this is, this is on your bucket list. Why not see if we can make this happen? So we dove, we leaned really heavily into saving and cutting back our expenses and figuring out, is this something we can do? And then, and then just kind of went from there. So I think it probably was about maybe a year and a half from me thinking, huh, like, I would love to do this, um, in present day. And then maybe it, not about six months later. So I'd say about a year ago when my husband and I really started to talk about it as a possibility and then making those, um, kind of arrangements and steps and laying some foundation, sitting with the idea to make sure that it was a viable option for us and our family
0: so cool and like i love like how coincidental memories work that the fact that you saw something in the early 2000s <laughs> that stuck I with did. you to this day and you're making it a reality and i also love how you said like i knew i wanted to travel with my family i just didn't know how and that is the key to everything you just have to want it you don't have to know how but like once you start moving in the direction of what you want the details sort of fill themselves in and you don't need to know how.
1: <laughs> yes, no, you, that is absolutely right. I remember being someone or just kind of encouraging this mentality of, like, you don't have to have the answers, but if you're asking the right questions, like that's, that's you're on the right path, like ask the questions. So I've, I think asking the questions of how and why, and do I, um, that, that was key just getting moving into this, I guess, realm of possibility, maybe in my head. And then you're right. The, the, how uh, things start to materialize. You start to see things in a way like, Oh, this is, this could be doable.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. And (laughs) what did your kids think of all this? Were they on board initially? How did you bring them into the conversation?
1: So probably yeah, it was about six months, six months, eight months before um, we actually hit the road is when we introduced the idea to them and they, I don't think they totally understood it <laughs> initially. Like they just seemed super excited, but I don't, you know, I think the ups and downs and the, the reality of the road wasn't something they could wrap their heads around when we started talking about it. Cause it probably sounded like an extended vacation to them. Mm-hmm. They were super excited and, you know, all in and then as the school year drew to a close and they started to realize oh these are people that i'm not going to see for potentially another 12 months ish and then that that kind of was a reality check an emotional one and then we you know i tried to talk to them about curriculum choices and lodging or destinations and and including them in that discussion i think started to make it more and more Uh, concrete in their minds. But yeah, it's it. uh, So I think the initial reaction was like elation and kind of blind excitement. And then over the next eight months, it became tempered a bit. Uh, The desire and the, the, you know, the excitement about seeing new things was always there. But of course, I think they had kind of a better reference you know, realizing that they weren't going to see their friends or have the same activities um, and and realistically the same routines, you know, there's not, we are jumping from place to place. So maintaining routine is hard. So yeah, we've, we've lived through kind of a wide spectrum of emotion, but (laughs) (laughs) we are definitely all still in it and enjoying it and savoring the newness of every destination that we go to.
0: Amazing. So can you walk us through your first 80 days? Like, Where have you been? How far in advance do you plan things? What is the lodging situation like and how frequently do you move around?
1: Yeah. So we before we hit the road, we planned out our first, I'd say, 60 days, knowing that there's going to be a lot of adjustments and wanting to hit certain marks. So our idea when, when we hit the road was let's pick a few places to stay for a longer stretch of time over the course of this, say nine months, maybe we'll do four or five places where we stay for a month just to settle in, let ourselves feel like we live there for a while. You know, we kind of get to experience a destination and kind of feel like residents. So our first stop was Portland and we booked that house for the month of October literally October 1st through November 1st. And then we designed a schedule around that uh, to get us there by October 1st. And then I also knew that we had to be in Las Vegas where my parents live. Um, they retired to Henderson, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Um, but we wanted to be there by the holidays. So I kind of figured, well, you know, the first 60 days, September through middle of October, we can we can book out. Mm-hmm. And that way we don't have to worry and do a lot of hunting and searching. And um, we can just kind of know where we have to go and experience the rest of it. Most of our stops were, uh, so as we crossed through Iowa and South Dakota, we hit Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone and you know, drove through the Badlands, did wall drug. Um, then we moved over to uh, cross through Montana to do, um, actually eventually made our way to Glacier And then we kept going West to Seattle and then worked our way South to Portland. So that was, you know, the first month and a half or so, I'd say most of our stops were three nights on average, uh, with the exception of Portland, which were longer. And then we did have a couple one-nighters where we just knew we were kind of trying to get from A to B. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I'd say we had these kind of, ideas of certain places we needed to be at certain points in time. And then we, we booked out the shorter stays around those. One thing we did notice in Portland though, is it almost felt a little long for us. Like I thought we might enjoy the stability for a month, but I think we kind of, I don't know, we, we just ca- caught the bug. And even my daughters were sort of like, eh, you know, when we, we actually took a, an overnight trip maybe three weeks into our month long stay in in Portland, we spent an overnight in Astoria um, and Cannon beach, uh, which is on the Oregon coast. Mm-hmm. And both of my daughters as like 10 minutes into driving there, they were like, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Like, you know, like there's something about, I think new perspectives and new seeing new things that, that, uh, that we're, we're kind of used to right now that. And we, the, the, the long stay took, I don't want to say it took it away from us, but it took us into a different, different kind of phase. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure we're going to do months anymore. Like that was our plan. But part of the reason we didn't book out past 60 days was wanting to learn from anything that might come up. Like maybe it, it would have worked out great. And, and we loved every, every second of it, but we wanted to be open to pivoting in case something There were some sort of learnings and that was one of them was, I don't know if we're going to stay. I had thought to myself, yeah, a month in Austin, and then we'll do a month, maybe in Asheville and then a month in the New York city area. And, and this time I I actually am not, yeah, we're not sure of it now. And we're going to talk it out as a family to figure out, like, do we make it three weeks or two weeks or yeah. And try to minimize the one-nighters, which can be a little stressful because you're unpacking and repacking. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been exciting and good. Uh, and, and since we haven't um, booked anything out much past the holidays with my family, we're allowing ourselves that ability to pivot and rethink what's, what's working. Uh, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure if we're going to stick with how the first 60 days went, but, uh, but yeah, they, they went well fast.
0: Yay! I love that so much. And I think that's so important to just pay attention to how you feel about things and be open to being flexible and pivoting, like you said, because it's your time, it's your break, it's your time with your family. You don't want to just do something because that was the plan. So it's Mm -hmm. amazing that you're able to just notice how you feel about things and then move forward in a different way if that's what feels right.
1: Yeah, it's, it was something I actually learned from my last job at a design branding advertising agency, but you not locking yourself into things and, and being okay with quote unquote, failing fast. And as long as you learn from it, like iterate, iterate, uh, reassess and move forward with what works. Uh, So yeah, I'm I'm grateful I had that work experience. So I knew to kind of take that perspective into my approach or our approach to this trip.
0: That's so good. And like, in order to fail fast, you just have to take action. So like yes. all of this is great. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Take action. Yes.
0: Amazing. So can you talk a little bit more about traveling with kids and what school is like and how you handle that?
1: Yeah. All right. So the, 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 I think the, the one thing with kids that I did not see or that I, overestimated was like, I I think I was almost treating them like many adults. So my daughters are 10 and 11 now. And I, I know that when I need to pull an all nighter, not that it happens often, but you know, sometimes there are life demands or work that you just got to show up and not get a lot of sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, if you have to make something happen, whether it's, you know, pay a bill on time or, you know, finish something by a deadline. Like I I, I have ex- life experience 30 years beyond them that I know I can do this and shift quickly from A to B and into from one kind of mindset to another. And I think I initially was a little, um, a little, a little, I don't, I don't know if rigid is the right word, but I expected a lot of them without really accounting for it. You know what? They're kids, and they need a little bit of flexibility and maybe time to transition from, you know uh, and uh, this crazy sleep environment into the next day and not so they might not be able to do homeschool at eight thirty a m. like you want them to. you know <laughs> there's just uh, there was a lot of kind of reaching out for grace and compassion and empathy. Because, you know, my type A personality that wants kind of things to look a certain way um, was imposing on them unrealistic expectations. Uh, And that was, of course, a tough lesson because, you know, I do have, I have, I will admit, I kind of have perfectionist tendencies. So I was kind of really hoping that they could show up in a certain way. But then, yes, learning through and understanding, you know what, they're, they're nine and 10 and now 10 and 11. And what do I really want them to get out of this? And what they get out of this, how does that have to look? You know, it doesn't have to look the way I had it envisioned in my head. So I think, you know, in terms of homeschooling on the road, being realistic and tempering your expectations around um, maybe their moods and how fast they might go and how much they wanna do is kind of important. And also, and, and thankfully, there are a lot of Facebook message groups out there that really of, of road schooling or of traveling families that, that can really support you in this kind of mentality, but letting go of um, a traditional schooling uh, framework and understanding that what these kids are getting while they travel, is just as, if not more important in the long run. I I have to admit as someone that always loved getting all the A's and getting the ice cream or going out for pizza with my family to celebrate, it's just something that was kind of ingrained in me. And so I think having these tangible things to look at to say, yay, you are learning what you're supposed to for this grade level, that's not as easy to do or it's not as um, structured when you, it just can't be the way that we're traveling. So um, I I had to kind of relax and realize that in a world of travel and when you're moving from place to place and you have to be flexible and adaptable and you don't always have consistent Wi-Fi, you have to uh, kind of think, come down, break down to the essentials and think what's really the most important thing here. um, And what are the values that I want my kids to learn and how are we going to accomplish that in a way that makes sense for all of us, not just to the picture in my head. So, so thankfully, like I said, through the help of a lot of these Facebook groups, um, I, I do feel like, you know, they're I've I've understood and come around to the um, to the knowledge that they're even if they're not doing forty math questions every day to prove that they know how to do long division, um, they they are doing. 10 and I can see that they get it and that's fine. And just because they're not doing it in, in a 30 minute segment, that's okay. And they're, they're be feeling well-rested and, and in a good mood so that when we do go and investigate the La Brea tar pits, or we see a tide pool and they're just spend, you know, they're in this, this flow zone of picking at crabs and, you know, watching little creatures move about like that is just as, if not, you know, more compelling to their little minds and and they'll retain that knowledge in a new way. And that's, that's so rewarding and and important for them in a way that a textbook isn't. And and so, so I, I had to do a lot of learning and encourage and be okay with my kids learning in a different way. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm smiling so big. I love this. And you just touched on so many things that can like apply, whether you're traveling with a family or not. So one of those is the community and the support. And when you step outside of a social norm and you're doing something different, it's so important to have people who have been there or who are doing the same thing kind of back you and be in your corner. Cause you're not going to receive the same kind of support from people who haven't done what you're doing.
1: Yes, that's so true. And if you're the only person in your frame of reference that's doing it, it can feel really, uh, I, I initially I felt kind of rudderless, like, how does this look? And, and am I crazy for wanting to do this? And is it even possible? So you're, you're absolutely right. The, the kind of wisdom that's out there and these groups that can support you in, in, and with their knowledge is key
0: absolutely and then like for myself i had a type a personality as well and while i don't travel with kids and i travel alone most often um i it took a lot of letting go for me and one of the things i've realized through travel is that like i think that being more relaxed and more laid back and letting things go and letting things just flow and not trying to control a certain outcome like travel has allowed me to become a more authentic laid back version of myself and i personally really love that about travel mm. and myself so
1: mm. that's wonderful that is wonderful i i i'm i can feel myself evolving in that that direction as well because you repeatedly realize there are certain things outside of your control. And as you, if you try to retain that mindset of it has to look this way, you could drive yourself nuts because you're putting yourself in these different and new environments and, and inevitably, yeah, there's going to be something that doesn't go your way. Or you, 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 someone else is making the decision about it. Or there's other factors. Yeah. I love that you have evolved and cause I'm looking forward to that and continuing to do that as well. <laughs>
0: It's, it's a journey and it's, it, it's uncomfortable at first, but like liberating as you go on for sure. Mm-hmm. So this has all been so great. And now I'm going to ask you like the worst question you can ask anyone who's on a career break. But when you left your job or at any point now, have you considered what might be next for you?
1: One of the things that, one of the reasons that this trip also made sense for me personally, uh, was I was feeling a little, uh, I don't want to say listless, uh, but a degree of discontent in my role. And I couldn't pinpoint exactly where, what it was, where it was coming from. I, um, and when I say role, I mean my, my previous job, because I worked with great people. I had a great boss, Um, the company's offices were, you know, beautiful and exciting, the kind of things you see in, you know, TV shows, it just creative. And so in so many ways, especially as a legal job, or it it was, it was great and amazing. And I felt like, why do I, am I being ungrateful that I I don't feel passionate about this anymore, that I don't, I'm not in love with this in, in the same way I used to be. And where is where's the disconnect uh so i came to realize after a lot of soul searching that it wasn't the job you know there no amount of uh flex, job flex or you know salary that that wasn't the issue it was really that i think something was a little out of balance there's something that i wanted to address or or shift a little bit um that i i hadn't been able to identify for a while and so taking this gap is allowing me, or I'm giving myself the space to, uh, to kind of identify what's next. Um, it may very well be that, you know, I'm, I'm not closing anything off. So it could be that I realized that I just was burnt out and I needed a break and I'm happy to return to a similar or the same type of position. I suspect that there's a part of me that has just outgrown certain aspects of that particular role. So I might um, lean into something like uh, therapy. I, I have always had a part of me that wanted to be a in a kind of counseling role. So whether that looks like teaching more or coaching or um, going back to school to become a therapist, that's something I'm staying open to that. Uh, and I think that's also where the podcast is kind of coming in too. I um, for the listeners, I I launched a podcast in September. And it's aimed at inspiring and informing moms of tween and tween, tween and teen girls like I have so that we can really stay in front of issues that our daughters are going to be butting up against from like body image and uh, dating and just this new world of uh, new things that we didn't live through. Like, And then also, you know, as moms, we have to show up in a certain way. So I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent on that, but I, I think that it taking this gap year and career break I'm trying to honor um, this little thing in me that was saying like a nine to five and or in my case sometimes it was a nine to eight you know it wasn't this is not something um, that I know is what I want to go back to or I, I I there's something else there that a scratch that I need to itch and let's let's spend a little time finding that and um and seeing what happens. So I'm, I'm staying open and kind of doing a lot of uh, inner inner work to figure out what might come next. So, like I said, it could very well be that I go back to the law or maybe I hang up my shingle and do my own practice, but I'm also trying to mentally stay, um, you know, be really aware of where, how my feelings are and and what I'm leaning towards and kind of playing, which is something that as a lawyer (laughs) with a a demanding job, I wasn't able to do much of. So just researching things and staying in a fun and open space and seeing what comes next.
0: That's fantastic. I love everything you just said. And I think it's so important to allow yourself time and space for self-discovery because if you're uncertain, you're not going to find certainty in the situation you're uncertain uncertain about unless you kind of need to step away and step back and yes. take that.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how, and maybe other people are better at this than I was, but I, I am someone that was, you know, I, I wanted to show up in my spaces in a certain way. So when it was work, it was all about work and family. It's all about family, but then it didn't leave a lot of time for, for, okay, you know, let's do an exercise or journal or reflect and meditate on how do certain activities really make me feel? And and what do I want my legacy to be? It's, you know, life just can get in the way, especially if you're, you know, your family is busy, your kids are in a lot of activities and you yourself might have a lot of um, other things that vie for your attention. So yeah, it's, um, it was a big mental shift, but one I'm glad that, that we all took.
0: Awesome. And your podcast, that's something that you had kind of on your mind and in your heart for a while, but just didn't have the bandwidth to take action on it. Yes.
1: Yeah. I actually, uh, so my, I, when it was 2014. Um, I separated from the, my daughter's father and we ultimately got divorced, but, um, that was when I wanted to start a podcast. So it was like six or seven years ago, but I remember thinking like, I, I can't be the only one with these questions. And I want to figure out more and share with people kind of what it is that, or, or how can, how can I show up for my daughters? Cause I was suddenly a single mom feeling all these feelings and not, not really sure. Like how do I process and show up for them the way they need to and and be ready to raise them uh, yeah i just I, I remember thinking back then and not pulling the trigger on it cuz you know it's just kind of treading water trying to stay afloat in so many ways but um and then i got remarried in 2019 and that you know between that and my husband's illness and all of this and and the understanding that time is precious uh, that the thought came back up as we were contemplating this year like oh my gosh i can I may have time to actually do this. And it the, the idea evolved a little bit, but it's still, uh, kind of the core was how can I show up for myself in a way that can also positively impact my daughter. So whether that's, you know, um, informing and becoming smart about technology so that I can help them navigate social media or understanding, um, the pressures to succeed and, uh, you know, so that I can help them manage stress uh, when it comes to like tests and grades and going to the right college. And then also, I I think we're as women or as kids, we're all aware of how our parents behaviors have impacted us. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there were some things that I definitely wanted my daughters to learn from me that I learned from my parents, but there were definitely things that, you know, I'm carrying that I don't want to pass along to them. So how do I unpack those things? And what do I put in place of those so that they can show up more authentically and, and you know, maybe not make some of the same mistakes I did. Or if they do make the same mistakes, they can, you know, step up and um, bounce back faster than I did. All, all of that kind of in a ball that I got excited about and have found the time on this journey to really dive into.
0: That is so exciting. And it's such a good topic. And I'm so happy that you're able to actually take action and have the time to yeah. make this a reality. And yeah. I'll link it in the show notes, but can you share the name of your podcast?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the name of the podcast is Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them. It's a playoff of that quote: Here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. Um, yes, that's the name of the podcast. And it's I'm at know be raise them on Instagram.
0: Perfect. Thank you. And so what advice, what's one tip you would give to a family or an individual who might feel ready for a change? Like maybe they are content with where they are, but have that little feeling that there's something more for them.
1: I think the most important thing for me was once you, once you've made a decision or, or is is to know exactly your whys, like you, your, the, those unassailable truths in your heart that are the motivation for this decision. And because that gave us so much clarity. Like when my, my second husband, the girl's stepfather and I were thinking about this and we knew like, we want to make memories together. We know that we don't, we can't necessarily predict the future. So let's accelerate this and, and put this on the radar. Um, so I think knowing and having clarity around why you want this, um, can really give you that extra motivation and lift your spirits when maybe people around you aren't as enthusiastic about your goals or, or there's something in the way, like maybe you have a savings goal and, And you're like, should I buy this? But I also want to make sure I have enough money for my trip. And for for us, like the why and being clear on kind of what that ultimate outcome could look like was was key for us.
0: So good. I love that. And like, I actually have an entire episode on your why. (laughs) So we're definitely in line on that one.
1: Love it. Love it. Yes.
0: Great. And so I want to be mindful of your time, Kat. I loved our conversation. I'm going to link your podcast in the Instagram and the show notes. Is there anywhere else people can find you online?
1: Well, if you'd like to um, follow our journey, we do have an Instagram account. We aren't actively trying to grow it. It's really almost a personal record for us, but we did find that people have started to follow us just to kind of see where we're going and friends and family. So we, we have another Instagram account that's at tripping.on.purpose. So tripping on purpose with, but with dots between the three words and um, yeah. So feel free to peek in on, on what's next.
0: I'm definitely going to check that out and we'll link it here in the show notes. And Kat, thank you so much for being here. I just, love your self-awareness and your inspiring story. And I'm so happy you're having an amazing break so far. And I can't wait to see what happens next for you.
1: Thank you, Callie. This has been so fun and I I'm honored to be a guest and um, wish you all the best and all of your listeners too. just do it.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And to those of you listening, thanks so much for being here and I will catch you on the next episode. A career break is more than escaping reality for a short time. It's an intentional break that will help you recover from the corporate burnout, fuel your inspiration through exploration and ignite your fire for life. The next round of my signature program, Career Break Bootcamp, will be back this December. If you dream about leaving your job in exchange for some full-time travel, but don't know how to get started, this program is for you. You can find the link to hop on the waitlist inside the show notes so that you don't miss out this is your life what are you waiting for thank you for tuning in to the travel possibilities podcast if you liked what you heard i would be so thankful for your positive review on apple podcasts so i can keep the episodes coming if you aren't already following me on social media Come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at the Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at TravelShifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.